So it's a new year and it is about halfway through January, but oftentimes in the new year, people make different resolutions. They decide to make changes in their lives, self-improvement, some other sort of improvement, and sometimes they succeed and sometimes they don't succeed. Today, our guest is Danette. She is a nurse who works for CBP and she is an expert in wellness and health. So why don't you introduce yourself, Danette? Hey, thank you so much for having me, Kent. I am Danette Isley. I have been a nurse for 20 years and I absolutely love healthcare and just health and wellness in general. So thank you for having me. I'm really grateful you're here, Danette. Tell us a little bit about what you do within CBP, just briefly, because we don't have direct health care here from our employer. So if you could just help us understand your role, that helps us put your expertise into context. Okay, wonderful. So I am the program manager manager for the Healthier CBP. And what that means is I provide preventative health topics and information on preventative health med and education on common medical conditions that affect our employees on a daily basis. And then also we have the agency-wide physical fitness program. So also providing fitness and physical activity and guidance on our program for that as well. Thank you, Danette. We are so lucky to have someone with your credentials in CBP and also on this podcast. So I'm very grateful you're here. One of the things that we know from the psychology side of the house is that people often don't follow through with New Year's resolutions, new habits, fitness programs, diets, crash diets, you name it. They don't follow through for a multitude of reasons. But one of the most common reasons has to do with you start something and you're not able to stick to it. So I'd like to walk you through an exercise and invite our listeners to do this exercise with us. It's only going to take about two or three minutes, but it can help us better clarify our motivation to make a change. And what research shows is that when we have high clarity around making a change, not only do we make that change better, but we're less likely to revert back to old habits. So, Danette, would you mind participating with us in that? I'd love to. Okay. So, uh, if you are behind the wheel, please do not participate in this, we're going to ask you to write a few things down. Go ahead and grab a piece of paper and a pen or pencil. Even a sticky note, a post-it note will do. And just list five things that are most important to you. What are the five things that are most important to you in your life right now? I'll give you a moment. Good thing I have post-its everywhere. <laughs> Me too. They are lifesavers. I think I got mine. Okay, let's wait a few seconds for the rest of our listeners. You're listing five things that are the, the most important to you right now in life. Doesn't matter what order you put them in, just jot them down. 
Okay, now beside each of those priorities, write the percentage of time you spend on each one in a week. If it makes more sense to do it per day or per month, you can do that too. As long as they're all percentage by day or percentage by week or the percentage of a month that you spend on those activities. So remember, the percentages should all add up to 100. Go ahead and take a moment and do that. Danette, how's your list looking? It's looking good. I think I think I got it. I got to okay. do math. You didn't prepare me for math. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, no one's got problems with that. This level of math. <laughs> if, if we do, I'm I'm kind of concerned for you. Mm -hmm. But I also can appreciate that math is not everyone's strong suit. Okay, so now this last step is to rank each of those priorities from one to five, one being the most important and five being the least most important. Take a moment and do that. Okay. Did anyone, I, I can't get an answer from you all because you're listening to a pre-recorded podcast, but did anyone experience a light bulb or, or have an aha moment? Let's see, Danette, how did that work for you? What happened? Yes, it's definitely an aha moment. My top priorities, I actually spend the least amount of time doing. Do you um, mind sharing what that top priority is? Family, actually. So, yeah. So your top priority is the one that you spend the least amount of time on. When I first did this exercise and someone showed it to me about 10 years ago, that's exactly what happened to me as I ranked my family number one. And it was actually the priority I was spending the least amount of time on. I ranked fitness number two and I was spending even less time on that and and so forth and of course what was taking up most of my time was work i don't know what happened to you danette and i won't ask you to reveal the personal information and i certainly wonder what happened to anyone who's listening when they ranked those but it's a helpful exercise that demonstrates where we spend our time is not always what we are most committed to in our hearts or in our future plans or emotionally what we value the most and when we talk about New Year's resolutions, changing habits, starting new routines, one of the most effective ways to do that is to find a way to engage in that activity in light of what our values are. So if we can somehow tie what we're doing to our values or anchor it in our values, then we are much more likely to follow through with it. And there's even research that shows people who are engaged in the things they value most every single day are less likely to be depressed, they're less likely to be stressed or have anxiety. So whether your New Year's resolution or goal has to do with weight, fitness, work habits, work-life balance, it doesn't matter. This all works the same way because we're human beings. And Danette, you are an expert in this because you are a nurse. So 
Why do people typically fail when they're making goals this time of year? So often, I think I think some of the pitfalls, you know, everyone has that push that, oh, it's a new year. We got to make the new me, the new everything. And so they're creating these goals because they feel like they have to, I think. And then and then there's also the pitfalls are really like, um, you know, we always hear there's not enough time, but there's also the competing interests or the not enough resources. Because, you know, you stated fitness and one of the things that people are like, well, I can't actually, I can't work out or I can't start a fitness routine if I don't have A, B, and C. When actually you can start a fitness routine with absolutely nothing, just your home or just a pair of shoes to go walking. So those are reasons that we give. There's also a fear of change. I think that's that tends to be a really big one. You know, people initially, they're like, yep, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make these things happen. But then that change is also the unknown. So we could kind of run into those. Distractors are huge, especially social media now. Or even doing activities, fun activities, but they're not constructive activities to get to your goals. Can we go back to social media for a minute? You mm-hmm. mentioned distraction, but at the same time, social media has tons of benefits. And if, and if people didn't find it engaging and helpful and fun, they wouldn't be doing it, right? So what's the concern with social media? So I think it's, we all have done it. You're like, oh, I'm going to take, you know, five minutes to see what's going on with my the fitness people that I'm following or those nutritionists that I'm following. And then you an hour later, you realize, oh my gosh, where did I go? Like, I've been scrolling for an hour now. So I think the social media does have its benefits and great information. We also need to be either have put into our goals, the amount of time we're going to spend on social media, because yes, it does have benefits. But we also have to not fall into that rabbit hole of scrolling. That's happened to me before where I look up and I'm thinking, holy Hannah, it's been 30 minutes and I've actually just gotten nothing done except distract myself or entertain myself. And then other times when I'm on social media, it's hard to believe what sources of information I'm digesting. So if I'm looking for whether it's news or whether it's advice or to your point, looking for specific, let's say nutritional regimens or dietary recommendations, there's so much content out there. So do you find that that's part of the challenge when people are starting a new habit or a new routine or New Year's resolution that just having a good, reliable source of information is part of the problem? Oh, that is definitely part of the problem. Not only finding that correct resource, but how do you know what's a correct resource at this point? Because you go on most websites and social media and you see that bread is bad for you and sugar is bad for you and milk's bad for you and eggs are bad for you. And it depends on which site you're going to and how do you really know what is correct? and what sites you can really trust. And that's part of the frustration and keeping those goals then because you just get so into like, okay, I'm going to eat healthy this year. And then you get all of these, this bombardment of this is how you eat healthy, but they all conflict. Right. So it's really hard to figure out 
What do I trust? And I imagine it also depends on your medical background, what sorts of other chronic diseases you have, or maybe what you're at risk for based on your family. Oh, definitely. A huge portion of people are like, oh, well, you have to decrease your salt intake. Well, there are, that's most people is decreasing their salt intake because it's amazing how much salt we consume with all the processed foods that are available and they're fast and they're quick and fast paced life. But there are some medical diagnoses that say that you have to have more salt. So you really have to look at your medical needs. So all of these, you know, fad diets and everything are definitely things that are cookie cutter, you know, per se, cookie cutter uh, diets and stuff like that. You really need to focus on what's unique to yourself. That's great, Danette. Thank you for that. So in your experience, what helps make people successful at overcoming all of those barriers? Some of the barriers involve social media. Other barriers involve motivation, information, distractions. You mentioned a whole host of things, but we can't just focus on the problems. We need solutions. So in your experience, what are the solutions? Really knowing your why, I think, is the best way to start when you're looking at goals. In anything that you're doing, if you're trying to quit smoking, why are you trying to quit smoking? If you're trying to look at your nutrition, why are you looking at your nutrition? Because if you don't know your why, you're not going to stick to it. So knowing your why, I think, is very, very important. And and then building those SMART goals from that initial why. So when you say why, I think of the exercise we did at the beginning of the podcast. It's not just why. It's more like, what's in it for me? Why bother? What? Why should I change my life or make myself slightly less comfortable or make things more challenging? When life is probably challenging enough for most of us, and I think what you're really saying is that why is a very deep why. It's it's much more fundamental to who we are at our core. What are our values, our priorities, what's important to us? How does it relate to the things that are worth living for? Is that right? Definitely. When you presented this activity to me and I saw how my values correlated with my priorities, I think it really hit home because I'm always, when I'm educating patients and stuff like that, it's always really finding that why. And it it is, it's what are their core values. And this shows that so easily in that exercise. Great. So for those, so Danette, you mentioned SMART goals. Can you unpack that for us quickly? Yep. So SMART goals, it's an acronym. We love our acronyms. So SMART is specific. S is specific. Be be thoughtful, specific about what you want to focus on. And then measurable. It has to be measurable so you can monitor it and update and change and make adjustments and know when you've actually met that goal. So it has to be measurable. Achievable. Don't set yourself up for failure before you even start. Make sure it's achievable and realistic. Realistic goals help you meet that success. And then, um, and time. Be aggressive and realistic when you're setting your end time. 
Because with these, as I said, measurable, you also want to have a specific time. And a good example of this would be having a, you want to increase your activity. That would be your specific. You're going to increase your activity. And then the measurable is do 15 minutes of cardio three times a week. And then the achievable would be to log my time each day I successfully complete that 15 minutes. Got it. Realistic is, yes, it's realistic. And then time would be by the end of week one. This is what I'm going to obtain by the end of week one. And then you go from there and reassess and reevaluate and move forward. How often should people reevaluate or move forward? I think it's definitely dependent on the person because like I know me, I have to evaluate my goals very frequently. Otherwise I just veer right off the, right off the side. I'm great at, at getting other people to meet their goals, but mine, I have to really evaluate and keep on myself. But if, if you're someone who is pretty good at really staying focused and keeping that maybe every two weeks works for you. Or, and another thing is like we talked about earlier, competing interests. If your family life is just really hectic and stuff, then set a, set a time in your calendar that you're going to look at your goals. And sometimes that might be every two, every four weeks. And it also depends on your goals. If it's a fitness goal and you're progressively getting better, of course, you're going to want to assess those more frequently. But if it's a more of a, a little bit a long-term goal, say, I want to go on a three-day backpacking hike in June, you're going to assess that a little bit differently than you would assess, I'm going to work out 15 minutes three times a week. It really has to be unique to you. That makes perfect sense. I hear you saying it's not only unique to the task or the goal, but it's unique to you. And if you don't tie that goal to a deeper reason as to why I should do this, why I want to do this, what's in it for me, what's the benefit, then you're unlikely to succeed. Yes, definitely. Anything else before we wrap up that you would say is part of the recipe for success when we are starting a new goal regarding our health, or even if it's just a New Year's resolution about something else in our lives? Just really staying focused and know yourself, write down pitfalls, knowing your pitfalls and knowing what you're going to do to prevent those pitfalls are very helpful. If your goals are about nutrition, like I said earlier, nutrition goals, if they're about nutrition, then have a list of real reputable websites or sources rather than listening to all of those social media reels. Do you have a suggestion or recommendation for reputable websites? So a great place to start for nutrition is myplate.com because they have a quiz that you can do specific to you and you put four or five questions in. It's been a little bit since I've taken it, but four or five questions you put in and it gives you the a basis of where you can get started. And then, then also reaching out to your physician. They typically have a list of nutritionists and dietitians that have sites that are reputable as well. 
Thanks so much for that, Danette. Our listeners might be wondering, did I get the wrong podcast? I thought this was the Suicide Awareness and Prevention Podcast. What gives? So I know how I would relate this to suicide prevention, but as a nurse, how would you relate this to suicide prevention? So I believe that every aspect of our life affects our our mood, our fitness level, any health issues. If we're caring for someone who has health issues, all of these pitfalls or such that we've talked about that are addressing reasons why we don't meet our goals and reasons why we put our values at different levels. And as you said earlier, if your values are at the top of your priority list, then people are known to be more happy, more healthy, all of that. So I think having the understanding of what our values and our priorities are and knowing to set goals for those to make sure that we're setting goals to meet our values of what we have that are strong to us, then you're preventing suicide, preventing that possibility. So what I hear you saying, Danette, in a few words is it's all about balance. And balance has to do with your health, your nutrition, how you spend your time. Is that time aligned with your values, aligned with what's important to you? And if you have trouble balancing all that and part of decision-making and habits and routines and even resolutions have to do with how we try to regain balance, that's where it has a nexus to suicide prevention. And I think that makes a ton of sense. Really appreciate you pointing that out to us and even more so really appreciate you being on the podcast this month. Thank you for having me. It's interesting to be on this side of the podcast. (laughs) That's right. Well, this is a good opportunity for you to plug your own podcast. Why don't you take a moment and do that? Yes. So Healthier CBP has the My Health and Fitness Journey podcast, which colleagues from all over the agency are sharing their health and fitness journey and whatever that may be. So I'm learning a lot of different types of fitness. It's actually really exciting. For all those listening, check out that podcast that Danette just mentioned. And uh, thanks again, Danette. Really appreciate you. Thank you.